Super Bowl 56 is set. How the AFC and NFC were won on conference weekend. More thrilling finishes, that's for sure. The latest on Tom Brady's playing future and Brady's former play callers taking a head coaching position in the NFL. The latest on the NFL coaching carousel. It's all coming up on this Monday edition of the Lockdown NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Brock. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fired up, it is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Make sure you're following along on Twitter for great daily sports content, not just the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and all your favorite college sports at Lockdown Network. You can follow me as well at Bob Rack on Twitter. Thanks for making the Lockdown NFL podcast your first listen for the entire 2021 NFL season and now the 2022 postseason and Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 is set. The Los Angeles Rams, Cincinnati Bengals will square off in less than two weeks. With the help from Jake Lisko of Locked On Bengals and Travis Rogers of Locked On Rams, we'll give you the insight on how the AFC and NFC were won. How were the Bengals able to slow down Patrick Mahomes and the high-powered Chiefs offense? And how Sean McVay and the Rams finally beat Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers for the first time in seven tries. Did Jimmy Garoppolo play his final down as a 49er? And what's the latest on Tom Brady's playing career after conflicting reports surfaced on Saturday? that the GOAT was retiring, and Las Vegas has a new GM head coach brain trust. Your boy Q from Lockdown Raiders gives the latest on the hirings in Vegas. Joe Burrow and the upstart Bengals, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs trying to make it to their third consecutive Super Bowl in the AFC. They were up first on Sunday. It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals, their first time going to the Super Bowl since 1988. Behind Ever McPherson, another clutch kick by the rookie place kicker, Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, the third-year head coach, to talk about it. Jake Lisko, of course, locked on Bengals. They're dancing their way all the way to the big game as well. And uh, let's just kind of go through this game as the Bengals won 27-24, Jake. But this was a KC offense that came out of the gates hot. They scored touchdowns on their first three possessions. And then a key moment uh, in this game, a kind of a turning point, before they head to the locker room for halftime, KC was knocking at the door. And they were about to score probably their fourth touchdown in a row. And then, I don't know, kind of, um, they don't. Patrick Mahomes, without any timeouts, puts the ball in Tyreek Hill's hands and he can't get into the end zone and the clock expires. How big was it for the Bengals just to keep KC off the board in that situation? Ends up mattering a whole lot, right? At the time, you're looking at the way the game is going. And if you're Kansas City, you're thinking, well, we've essentially scored touchdowns on all four of our drives. We just ran out of time on the fourth one, and we get the ball after halftime. And a lot of people are talking about, you know, the halftime margin for the Chiefs, 11 points. Halftime margin in Week 17, 11 points. The big difference was the Bengals got the ball out of the half. Mm -hmm. Kansas City, on the other hand, comes out of the half this time, and the Bengals get a stop. Their first stop of the game, and their first stop that would be an omen for the second half for the Chiefs where they couldn't get anything going. And all week leading up to this game, Bo, I was saying you you can't count on the defense holding the Chiefs to three second half points again. That's playing with fire. That's asking for it. But the Bengals somehow, the defense steps up in a massive way in the second half. The secondary in particular 
I think, had to play a great game because a lot of it was Patrick Williams holding the ball, having mm-hmm. to scramble, taking some coverage sacks. So hats off to the Bengals defense, especially the secondary in that second half. Yeah, that rebuilt secondary in the offseason, and it's all those moves seem to have been have paid off. You know, 21-10 going into the locker room. And then, as you, as you mentioned, they get the stops going. And then we don't see points on the board from KC until the end of regulation. Uh, they tied the game. They send it to overtime. You know, really, what were they able to do defensively, Cincinnati, to bottle them up after that big stand going into halftime? You know, uh, something that we saw in the first half that didn't really seem to work when we actually got some of those zoomed out all 22 replays was three-man rushes from Lou Anarumo's defense. He kind of decided at times that we're not getting pressure with four. We might as well put an extra guy into coverage. And a lot of times that guy was spying and it got them beat for a big play in the first half. And they did a lot more of that in the second half. But it's honestly kind of hard to say without having seen the all 22, without seeing what they were doing with their safeties. We didn't get a whole lot of those zoomed out replays in the second half, but it looks to me like the Bengals remained patient with their defense. They didn't start forcing the issue with blitzes and getting desperate, which leads of course, to a lot of big plays for this Kansas city offense. I think they, they forced things to stay in front of them and they stole possessions at halftime. Losing by 11 to Kansas city at halftime. It feels like to come back, you have to steal possessions and BJ Hill did a great job. Uh, on a on a little creeper, I think that maybe confused Mahomes a little bit. They dropped mm-hmm. Trey Hendrickson out and maybe causes Mahomes to hesitate a little bit, drop Trey Hendrickson into the hook and throws it right at BJ Hill, who's able to bat it to himself and steal one for the Bengals down in the Chiefs yeah. end of the field. And then the Bengals go ahead to to tie the game. And at that point, you, you got a new ball game going into the fourth quarter. You know, early in the game, we saw Tyreek Hill. We saw Travis Kelsey look like themselves, and they scored touchdowns in the red zone. And then, you know, we mentioned the one going into halftime. And then to end regulation, another big kind of red zone goal line or goal, you know, yeah, goal line stand kind of for the Cincinnati defense. How were they so effective in the red zone? How were they able to kind of keep them at bay when they needed to kind of that bend, don't break mentality? Uh, Whatever they did forced Patrick (laughs) Mahomes to hold the ball. And, yeah. and we got one replay where maybe he had a chance to throw it and, and he didn't. He, he's trying to evade the pressure at that point, as he's done so well in this postseason, was immaculate in that regard. In the first half of this game, all game against Buffalo, just fantastic under pressure. But there's a reason that under pressure play is so inconsistent, because sometimes you get got. And the Bengals mm-hmm. managed to get back-to-back sacks there, which are both one more than the other, I would say, at least a little bit coverage sacks and and that pushes a, the Chiefs way out of field goal range. Like we went from having a, we're going to have to have the talk about do you let them score again conversation mm-hmm. with about a minute 30 left to, boy, it's a good thing that we didn't get too far into that conversation because the Bengals yeah. got the stop and I guess that's why coaches choose to play defense. You know, we were going into the divisional round and they showed the stat uh, before uh, Kansas City went down and scored the game-winning touchdown against Buffalo. Ten and one teams that win the coin toss, and not once but twice. I mean, they nearly picked off Patrick Mahomes. Eli Apple had one slip through his hands, and then they're able to get the pick. And then Joe Burrow and that offense marches down for Everett McPherson to to kick them into the Super Bowl. It's it just was. I, I haven't seen Mahomes play that poorly, and he certainly seemed like with one twenty left in regulation, we saw a different quarterback and. It, it, it was interesting to see that happen. You know, on the other side of things, Joe Burrow last week sacked nine times, but just once on Sunday. How was Cincinnati able to protect their franchise signal caller? 
Oh, there was still a lot of pressure, I think, in this game. Joe Burrow was protecting himself, I think, to, to a large degree as well. One, you have a few plays where the Chiefs send some extra guys or they send a sim pressure or a creeper and Joe Burrow. And the offensive line, to their credit, did a good job of picking that up. And Burrow found a couple of crucial escape routes to rush for some first downs in that second half. But, you know, also escaping Chris Jones when Chris Jones looks like he has him twice doing his thing, doing his Houdini act a couple times in that second half. So Burrow played really well under pressure for the most part in this game, stayed patient. The The Chiefs credit them for making an adjustment I didn't know whether Steve Spagnuolo would make in their secondary and giving a lot of help over the top to Jamar Chase and at times even, even baiting some questionable throws from Joe Burrow. But these Bengals seem to have the clutch gene. They yeah. are discontinued, disassociated with the failings of Bengals teams past and seem to just have whatever those teams didn't clearly with this March to the Super Bowl. Jake Lisko locked on Bengals. You got to listen to it all week leading you up the next two weeks, leading you up to the Super Bowl. Of course, follow on Twitter at Jake Lisko and um, you know, first Super Bowl since 1988, you know, what's it mean to Cincinnati who day nation? And is it extra special that a guy just a t- over a two hour car ride, uh, growing up in Athens, Ohio, and Joe Burrow to be the one to kind of lead him to the big game. Burrow said right after the game that he's proud to be the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Means a little bit more to him being from Ohio, knowing the history of the franchise. Absolutely massive for the city of Cincinnati. Said it after they beat the Raiders, got a long-standing monkey off their backs, and and kind of felt like a curse, if you believe in curses, if you believe in the curse of Bo Jackson, had lifted and here they are potentially going, well, going to the Super Bowl, sorry, potentially with the rematch, and that would be a lot of fun. Now that seeing what he's done in his two seasons, his short two-season career, where does drafting Joe Burrow in 2020 kind of sit in Bengals franchise history? I mean, it's got to be at or near the top at this point, right? You, you haven't seen first overall picks do what he did. You've seen second-year quarterbacks do it. But Joe Burrow, I believe, was the first first overall pick in the Super Bowl era to go to a conference championship game. And, and now he's taking this team to the Super Bowl. Absolutely transformative for the Cincinnati Bengals. When, when you think ahead to dynasty building and all these things, th- those thoughts are, I think, a, a seed that is a realist, has a realistic chance to grow with Joe Burrow at quarterback. And that is, is invaluable for a franchise. And so when, when you think of it that way, hard to think of a higher moment on the Bengals moment pantheon. Incredible. Cannot wait to hear, watch the coverage locked on Bengals on YouTube. And of course, free across all platforms, wherever you find podcasts, James raping. And of course, Jake Lisko, they're getting you ready for the big game. Jake, enjoy it, man. It's always fun to catch up with you. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Looking forward to it. Make sure to check out Ryan Tracy and Chris Clark on Lockdown Chiefs or fallout from the loss on Sunday. How were the Los Angeles Rams able to overcome a 10-point fourth-quarter deficit to beat Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers for the first time in seven tries? We'll get into the NFC Championship game. I'm always pumped to tell you about the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. I'm talking about Built Bar. It's where tasty and healthy, those world's collide and in the new year when everybody has the resolution to get back in shape have built bar as your secret weapon because it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar maybe even better 
than a candy bar. It makes it easier to stick to your resolution. So when you're going to the gym, you're not just putting any crud in your body. Afterwards, you're putting a Built Bar, which usually has about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of muscle-packing protein compared to that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. No nutritional benefits like the Built Bar. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, you can enjoy a delicious Built Bar, and you can almost count it as a workout. And in the new year, why not save some cash, too? Everybody wants to have a better budget in the new year. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Bo Brock hanging out with you on a Monday edition of the Lockdown NFL Podcast. Thank you so much for making the Lockdown NFL Podcast your first listen free, of course, across all platforms, including our new YouTube page. Make sure you're subscribed to that. We're going to have some great, incredible content coming your way here from the Lockdown NFL Podcast, gearing you up for Super Bowl 56 between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. How was the NFC won? The Rams, they had the rally back to beat the 49ers for the first time in seven tries. They knocked off the rival Niners 20-17 from SoFi Stadium. Matt Gay booted the go-ahead 30-yard field goal with 146 to play. Jimmy Garoppolo was picked off on the ensuing possession to seal the victory. The Rams advanced to their second Super Bowl in four years. They will face, of course, the Bengals in the big game on February 13th in Inglewood. The second straight year a team will play on its home turf. The Rams trailed by 10 in the fourth quarter, rallied past. It was a bit back and forth early, but it seemed like anytime one of the teams got a lead, the other team would answer back. To talk about the big win for Los Angeles, our guy from Locked On Rams, Travis Rogers, joins us here on the Locked On NFL podcast. You know, Travis, when you watch this one, trailing by 10 in the fourth quarter, the Rams rallied back, a bit back and forth earlier on, but was it the defense that got this team back in and the pressure that they applied on Jimmy Garoppolo, or was it more so on the offense that we should be congratulating? Yeah, I think it probably goes a little bit to both, Bo, but I think if I had to pick one or the other, I'd maybe give a little bit of a slight edge to the offense. They were down 10 points going into the fourth quarter. They were able to put the ball, uh, put points on the board three different times there in the fourth quarter. They got the touchdown, the big touchdown that they absolutely had to have at that point to bring them back to within that spot where at least you knew that if they got the ball one more time, they'd have a chance to tie the game. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. This is why they went out and got Matthew Stafford for, for, for games like this, for moments like this, that this was a team that, you know, was limited at the quarterback position previously. They felt like they needed to make an upgrade and they certainly did. And he proved that he was more than worth the expense of a, a couple of draft picks in this very first year. We'll see what happens coming up here in a couple of weeks, but you know, it was actually kind of a kind of quiet day for Aaron Donald and the defense for most of it. They didn't give up a ton of points. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're typically going to give up a lot of points to the Niners. That's just not how it goes, but when they needed to make a big play at the end there, you saw Aaron Donald, there's Von Miller, just the guys that needed to step up in the biggest moments of the game, they were able to do it, and they're going to the Super Bowl. I, I want to get into maybe a conversation about Matthew Stafford's legacy and how it's kind of evolving here, but uh, another guy on that offense who came up big, I mean, the triple crown winner in receiving. Cooper Cup continues to just play at a high level. Huge game against the Bucks. Another big game. Two touchdowns in this contest. How has he been able to continue that success throughout the playoffs when people know about him? 
I was talking with DeMarco Farr after the game who does the sidelines for the Rams, and I asked him almost that exact same question, that this is somebody that coming into this season you knew was going to be the number one offensive weapon on this team as far as wide receivers go, and all he does is go out and catch 10 or 12 balls a game for about 120 yards a game. He gets a touchdown or two, and it's every single week. It's it's gotten to the point where it's almost expected that this is the sort of performance that he's going to give you. I don't know. I, I, I would imagine yeah. that everybody inside SoFi Stadium knew on that third and three play as we were getting down to short 10. The Rams were in long field goal range, right? This was, you know, maybe they were there, but you're talking 55 yards, give or take a few, and they need to get one more first down. It's third and three. There wasn't one person in SoFi Stadium tonight that didn't know where <laughs> that ball was going, and yet – he got open. He broke a couple of tackles. It's a 25-yard gain. They end up being in, in, in a field goal position where just about any NFL kicker is going to be able to knock that one through, and it just continues to be an extraordinary season for an extraordinary player. So the Rams were the first team on the board and then pretty stagnant until about the fourth quarter, but then they cash in on their three final drives. What were they able to kind of really do uh, to kind of re-energize, get, get the offense going after kind of being stagnant for a while? I think they're a much better offense when they play with pace. This is not a team that is going to, you know, despite the fact that they had nearly a nine-minute drive today that went 90-plus yards and that did take a ton of time off the clock, that's not typically what they are. They they get a bunch of chunk plays. They, kept, they collect yardage in, in big pieces. Um, and when they can get into a rhythm, and they got a couple of stops. They didn't have to go onto mm-hmm. the sidelines and all of a sudden sit there and wait and wait and wait. I thought that Kyle Shanahan made an interesting decision to punt there late in the game after uh, that fumble review kind of goes his way. It's fourth down. Wait, do you go for it? Do you not go for it? They get the ball back. They drive down again. They score again. Um, but the, the the more plays that the Rams can run, the better that offense is. The more rhythm that they're able to find, the better that offense is. And they had it early. We saw the interception on the goal line. That wasn't mm-hmm. good. And then they had the long drive. But really, other than that, it was kind of stops and starts along the way. When they finally able to run a bunch of plays in a row, the, the offense started to look like we've become familiar with. So we've seen these teams, uh, we, they faced off three times this year. The regular season finale, the Niners were able to come back and win dramatically in overtime. But when we were looking at this game with just under about, just over a minute and a half left and Jimmy G and this 49ers offense was getting the ball again, you know, we, we know the record lately. 6-0 and the Niners were against the Rams. Uh, was it, uh-oh, here we go again? Or, you know, what was Raheem Morris... What did he do differently as far as calling the defensive plays this time around that made them so successful in stopping Jimmy G unlike this regular season finale? Yeah, the, the the big part, and I think you're right, Bo, is that this felt terribly familiar. The end, <laughs> though, the way that it ended at the first half, I turned to Kirk Morrison, who does you know pregame and postgame with me, and I said to him, I've seen this movie before. I, mm. I know how this goes, where the Rams were not able to get the, you know, they missed the field goal towards the end of the first half. Niners get the ball back. We know the Niners are going to get the ball to start the second half. They're on the move. You know, Debo makes a big play, and all of a sudden, they got a little momentum, and it just felt so incredibly familiar to what we saw before. After that, the Rams defense in the second half in particular really stiff and really did a much, much better job. And, you know, this is something that we've said on on Locked on Rams. This is during the crossover episode that we did with the Locked on Niners guys. When Jimmy G gets in a position, excuse me, where you know he has to throw the ball, that's when he's at his most vulnerable. When they're able to run that ball, then you just, you know, he can hit you with some pretty quick ones. And we saw him escape a couple of times. He's a pretty good athlete back there. But I think that's what it was. I think they were able to kind of control the Niner running game really for the first time in a very long time and make it a Jimmy Garoppolo game. And that that 
proved to be a pretty good deal for the for the Rams. Yeah, final question about the quarterback, Matthew Stafford. You, you mentioned, you know, why they make this move. We see in the suite, we see his wife brought to tears. And what did you hear from Matthew Stafford? What does advancing to the Super Bowl mean to him after, you know, struggling in Detroit for so long, 0-3 in the postseason, everybody doubting him going into this playoffs What'd you hear from the quarterback? Well, I think this is one of the very rare times where it kind of worked out the best for everybody because he, you know, he gave the Detroit Lions 12 years. He gave him his heart and soul. He's a tough player. He's a very, very good player. The team just wasn't very good. And and I think he got to the point where he realized, I want to play in important games. I want to play in a Super Bowl. I want to play in NFC Championship games. And it's not going to happen here in Detroit. I'd like to go try if I can see and make it happen somewhere else. The Rams were more than willing to make it happen. They paid a very high price to get him here, a couple of first-round draft picks like we've talked about. And I don't know who's happier. I don't know if the Rams are happier for making the deal and bringing Stafford over and putting them back in the Super Bowl or Matthew Stafford's happier for the fact that he got to get out of Detroit. And and, and really, you know, the rare exit where there are not a lot of hard feelings. I think the people in Detroit are probably pretty happy that Matthew Stafford's in the Super Bowl. I'm sure they'd like to see their own squad, but they they think very highly of him. And – It was a win across the board. You know, I got one more to go. This is what he was brought here to do. This was, you know, I said it on the Unlocked on Rams that they brought him here to win a game like they needed him in Tampa. Well, he did it again this week, and we'll see whether he has to do it again against the the Bengals here in Super Bowl 56. But so far, everything that they could have hoped for with the quarterback has been true. Yeah, no doubt about it. And there's more on that, I'm sure, on today's edition of Locked on Rams. It's a must listen until the big game. That's two weeks of shows. Can't wait for it. We're going to get tremendous insight, of course, from Travis Rogers. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Travis Rogers. Travis, always fun to catch up with you. Always. So the Rams Super Bowl bound and the miraculous run against Los Angeles comes to an end for San Francisco and the miraculous end their 2021-2022 season. After starting the season three and five, they make the run over the last 10 games, win two games in the playoffs, and then they fall on Sunday. What's it mean for Jimmy Garoppolo? Was it his last down as a San Francisco 49er? Jimmy G said after the game, the emotions hit him pretty hard in the locker room. Before he left, he shared an emotional hug with general manager John Lynch. Jimmy G, 31-14 and 14 as Niners starter, 4-2 and two in the playoffs, and of course, that Super Bowl appearance. A colleague over on the Locked On Podcast Network, Peter Bukowski, pointing out that Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons, who blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. The Patriots, Shanahan was the head coach of the Niners when they blew a 20-10 fourth quarter lead against the Chiefs. And then on Sunday, Shanahan and his 49ers, well, they blew a 17-7 fourth quarter lead. Shanahan, is, do his teams have finishing problems? And is Shanahan partly to blame? More on Jimmy G's future, Shanahan, and more on the lo- on the San Francisco 49ers. Our guys over at the Lockdown 49ers, they got you covered. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker. Make sure to tune in on that. Tune in to that free across all platforms, including YouTube. There's a new head coach, GM Brain Trust in Sin Las Vegas Raiders. Your boy Q, Lockdown Raiders, will join us. Give us some insight on the new duo and the latest on Tom Brady's playing future after conflicting reports on Saturday, that the GOAT was retiring. Now, NFL fans, this is Bo Brock, and I've got an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. 
Our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store. Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two, dollars $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right into your account. You can cash out anytime in your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and get $0.25 cents per gallon or more back on your first tank. That's the code TOUCHDOWN. The Lockdown NFL Podcast is going to give you great daily content all super week brought to you by get upside there's no better place to get coverage for the big game than the lockdown nfl podcast the lockdown nfl will be in la all week covering the big game next week thanks for hanging out with us this is bo brock thanks for making us your first listen if there was a lot of speculation that jim harbaugh could be the next head coach in las vegas the silver and black are pivoting and pulling from an organization that has won six Super Bowls over the last two decades, the New England Patriots. I'm your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast with your breaking Raiders news. And the Raiders have been searching long and hard for a new general manager and new head coach. There's a lot of speculation that went on in the last few weeks. And ultimately, it comes down to the Patriot way. Dave Ziegler has been hired to be the new general manager of the Raiders. And he turns around and hires Josh McDaniels, who's the current offensive coordinator of the Patriots. And Josh McDaniels got to town on Friday, had dinner with Mark Davis and the Raiders uh, upper brass. And they had a really good dinner. Then they went in the interview mode on Saturday. And from all accounts, everything went really, really well. So the next phase of Raider football will be led by Dave Ziegler and also Josh McDaniel. So it's official like a referee's whistle that the Patriot way is coming to the desert. For more updates on all things Raiders, including Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, what this means for the Raiders and their current roster, make sure you tune in to the Lockdown Raiders podcast hosted by me, your boy Q. McDaniel's six Super Bowl rings while with the New England Patriots organization, a couple stents. One, he was an assistant. Most of them, he was the offensive coordinator teaming up with Tom Brady. But then also he had a stand as the Denver Broncos head coach. So he returns to the AFC West where he struggled 11-17 and 17 in two se- seasons in the Mile High City. Speaking of Brady, kind of a controversial weekend for the GOAT. An ESPN report surfaced on Saturday that Brady would be retiring now. There's questions about the accuracy of that report shortly after it surfaced. Brady's agent released a statement that the 44-year-old quarterback will address his future soon. An earlier tweet from Brady's company, TB12 Sports, that congratulated him on his decision has now been deleted. The statement from Brady's agent, Tom E, said, quote, without getting into the accuracy or inaccuracy of what's being reported, Tom will be the only person to express his plans with complete accuracy, close quote. There were also reports from the sports website, The Athletic, that shortly after ESPN reported the retirement of Brady, contacted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to tell them that he's yet to make a decision about his future. Brady has played professional football for 22 seasons, 20 of them with the Patriots and two with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. During his career, he's taken his team to 10 Super Bowls and won seven of them. We'll see if 2021-2022 was the final chapter of the Tom Brady playing career. So now with uh, new head coaches hired in Vegas, Chicago, New York for the Giants, and Denver, that leaves just New Orleans, Miami, Minnesota, 
Jacksonville, and Houston all to continue their search. Ross Jackson, Luke Braun will update you on those vacancies and any of the latest breaking news from around the NFL on Tuesday's podcast. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Lockdown Networks. As I said, great content coming your way. Super week leading you up to the big game from the Lockdown NFL podcast and also just breaking news around the sports world. Follow me as well at Bob Brack. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll recap the Pro Bowl next Monday morning. But more importantly, we'll start to preview and gear you up for Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. I'll talk to you then. Have a great rest of your Monday. Now make Lockdown Bets your second listen. It's your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Free and available across all platforms.